And I just want to tell you how glad I am to be here today. Um, Pastor Rob called me up and he had asked me to come here. And I was excited to be here because I know some of you and a lot of faces I don't know. But um, when I first met Pastor Rob was a week after I got saved. The first week after I got saved. And I got to tell you, when you go to a Pentecostal church for the first time, you know, things are happening and people are like, what in the world is going on? You know, why is this person speaking like that? Why is this other person putting their hands up, worshiping God? You know, why is this person doing these things? Well, I was that person. I was that person asking those questions. But can I tell you something? When God comes to do something, he comes to do something new. So when, when God comes to do something, he comes to do something new. See, he says, behold, old things have passed away and, and you become new in him. And what happened with me, well, first of all, I want to open up in prayer before I do anything else. Father God, I thank you for everyone that's here, Lord. And Father, I just plead the blood of Jesus upon every single person that is here. Father, from the crown of their heads to the soles of their feet. Father, that no weapon infirmity formed against them will ever prosper. Lord, and I bind the enemy and every principality and everything that tries to exalt itself above you, God, in the mighty name and by the blood of Jesus. So, Holy Spirit, we ask that you fill this atmosphere, Lord, Father God. Father, that they feel your presence. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. He's worthy. I get saved. I got saved radically. Um, as a matter of fact, one of the brothers that's here with me today was there the day that I got saved. Um, just to give you a little background of who I am, I was a correction officer for 17 years. Uh, worked at the Westchester County Jail, which is a maximum security facility. And um, I got injured. And during that injury and during that time, my whole life was turned around. I ended up on Oxycontin, Percocet, Galaxin, Obana. Um, oxycodone and uh, a whole bunch of other stuff Ambien I can go on with the list of all the medications that I was on but God I was on everything but God and you want to know something sometimes you got to go through to get to you know the, the Bible says though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death it never said that we stay there it says we walk through and sometimes we got to go to to get to. So I went through some things. Um, as a matter of fact, my, my, my salvation was radical. I came home and I ran to my wife and I got on my knees and I said, forgive me for every disgusting, filthy thing I've ever said to you. And she looked at me like I had three heads. She looked at me as if I was crazy. She said, there's something wrong with him. The first thing I asked her is, where's the Bible? She gave me her grandmother's Bible and I was in the Word Ever since, I have never missed a day of being in the word. I realize that as I'm in the word, I'm with God. God and his word cannot be separated. John 1 verse 1 says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So you have to understand that the more that you want of God is the more of the word that you have to get and impartate inside of you. But he gives you a gift and that gift nobody can give you. And that's the gift of his spirit. His Holy Spirit. So when you accept him as, as not only as your Savior, but as your Lord, he gives you that gift. And that gift is to be shared with others. That gift is not to be held inside. That gift is not to be, you know, for you to stay silent. 
You know, 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has never given me a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love, and sound mind. And you want to know something? Some people in the world, they'll think you're crazy when you come with power, when you come with love, and you come with a sound mind. Because what, what, what the Word of God says and what the world says is completely opposite. So when you're looking at a man or a woman of God and they're coming up and they're talking to you, you know, at, at first you'll look at them as they're strange. Like, okay, that's enough with this Jesus stuff. I can't take that anymore. But I got to tell you something. He comes to do something new. You know? Um, the day I got saved was March 27, 2011. I went into a, I went into a jewelry store and I, I started speaking to this, this guy that, that, that worked there. And, um, and I had told him, I'm going to church. Now, I had been in his jewelry store because I like jewelry and I like buying things. You know, what man doesn't, right? What man doesn't like diamonds? I mean, is it only women? I mean, it's not only for women. Men like diamonds too, you know? Some people like to be what they call blinged out. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? But I, I used to go there and I used to go buy jewelry and stuff and um, I... I all of a sudden, I just saw him on a Friday, and I said, Hey, uh, Myron, guess what I'm doing Sunday? He goes, What's that? I said, I'm going to church. First thing he says is, I'm going with you. He says, I'm going with you. Now, I'm saying to myself, Why is he going to go with me? You know, but I said, Okay. You know, all right, he's going to come with me. So then all of a sudden, you know, I, I go and I pick him up that Sunday, and he has his son with him, and I take my son with me, my older son. So I'm heading down to the church because I know that God has been calling me. So as I'm heading down to that church, I can't find it. And I didn't have a GPS in my car. But I got to tell you what I did have. I had God's positioning system with me. And I remember I looked at Myron and I looked at him and I said, Hey, Myron, the devil doesn't want me to go to church. And he just looked at me. I understand something. At this time, I've never read the Bible. I never opened up a page of the Bible. The only thing was I was a CEO. You know what a CEO was? Christmas and Easter only. You know, that's when I used to go to church. Christmas and Easter only. Or Creaster. You know what I mean? That's what they call them, Creasters. You know, uh, but that's when I would go to church. And even if I skipped, it wasn't nothing to me. That's how I was when I was in the world. Anyway, I look at him and I said, the devil doesn't want me to go to church. And I said, Lord, I know you're calling me. As soon as I said that, my foot hit the gas and I end up going right to the church. And it's amazing. I got to tell you, it's amazing that when, when you put your faith in God, what he'll lead you to do. You know, and at this time, I didn't know what God was going to do, but I knew that he was calling me. Um, I get to the church, I get out of the car, every hair on my body is standing up. I remember it was March 27th, it was a beautiful day, it must have been like 85 degrees. So there's no reason for every hair on my body to be standing up like I was freezing. And I'm, it, it, it was unexplainable to me. I'm like, why do I have all these, you know, goosebumps? You know, why am I feeling this way? Why am I so lit up? And I didn't know it was the Holy Spirit. At that time, I used to call it goose bumps, not call them Jesus bumps. I don't give credit to no goose. <laughs> but I have to tell you that um, I, I, I go into the church, and, and I never forget, I step out of the car every hair on my body standing up, and I start to cry. 
And I'm crying and I'm saying to myself, what's wrong with you? Get it together. What's, what's wrong with you? But I kept repeating something to myself. I just kept saying, my God, am I dying? My God, am I dying? My God, am I dying? And I kept saying that to myself. And then I realized that that very day, the old me passed away. And he said, I come to do something new. Well, needless to say, I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I didn't know that he had a calling on my life. Uh, four months later, I'd end up in, in Florida, and I went to a place called the Holy Land. And I went there with my family, my whole entire family. I went there with my, with my oldest son. I went there with my mother, my brother, my sister-in-law, my niece, and my nephew. I was uh, away on vacation for a little while, and uh, my whole family that was with me got saved that day. They all came to Christ that day, and um, I'll never forget, I bought three things. I bought myself a Bible, and I bought myself two sets of anointing oil, and I didn't even know why, but I bought myself two anointing oils. So I put them in my pocket, and then after we left the Holy Land, we went to Tampa, Florida, which was about an hour and 10-minute ride, and we went fishing on a bridge. So here I am. I'm on this bridge, and I'm about to go fishing, and I see a man on this bridge, and he's badly beaten. His eye is out like this. He looked like Mike Tyson got a hold of him. It, it, was, it was the most horrible hematoma I've ever seen on a man. His eye was completely shut. He could only see through one eye. He was badly beaten. He had no shirt on, and he had shorts. And then a downpour started to come. And as this downpour is coming, I, uh, I get underneath a, uh, like a little rafter type of thing where it, it's, a, it's a covering. And this little man like this comes up to me, and he's reeking of alcohol, and he starts cursing. And as he's cursing, he, see, he says to me, you see that guy over there? And he was talking about the guy that was badly beaten. He goes, he's a child molester. And he starts saying, you know, cursing up a storm and he's pointing at this man. So now remember something. I was a correction officer. There's three things that a correction officer despises. That's a child molester, a murderer, and a rapist. So right there, I went into CO mode. And I look at this guy, and I'm staring at him. And now I'm staring at him because I have my family there with me. And what was already planted by that man. As this man is planting those seeds, I'm looking at this guy, and I throw my fishing pole out, and I hear this audible voice in my head as I'm looking at him. And the voice says, go get him. So I'm looking at him. I'm like, go get him. I must be going crazy. I hear this voice in my, mind, in my head saying, go get him. But then all of a sudden, I get lit up. Now I know it's the Holy Spirit. So I go to the middle of the bridge, and I get away from my, my brother, and I'm getting away from people, and I throw my fishing pole out, and I'm just talking, and I'm like, Lord, you know? And he says, go get him. I said, you know what? I'm going to go to the end of the bridge where there's absolutely nobody, where I'm alone. 
And I go and I throw my fishing pole out again. And I said, you know what? Lord, if this is you, you tell me one more time and I'll go. And sure enough, he says, go get him. I said, okay, Lord, I don't know how you want me to do this, but I take my fishing pole out of the water. I put the hook on, on, on to, the, to the stick, and I start walking away. And this man stops me 10 feet away from the man that I'm about to go speak to. And the man before him says to me, how you doing? So I look at him. I said, oh, good. How are you? He goes, well, I'm not doing too well. I said, well, why is that? He goes, because I just got out of jail six months ago. And, and, and me and my friend are homeless. Now, he pointed to the man that I was supposed to go to. And then he says, I got out of jail six months ago for a murder that I committed 31 years ago. So I said to myself, well, you're not about to believe what I'm about to tell you, but God wants to free you of that. And I look at this man and I tell him how much God loves him. And how God wants to forgive him for the act that he committed 31 years ago. So what happens is, you know, when you get engrossed into the word, that word gets inside of you. You understand? So, so then you're able to speak to people and you're able to give them an answer. You know, sometimes when God fills your mouth, you, you stand there in awe and amazement. You know, I tell people, I only got a high school education, but I do have a Ph.D. in Jesus. And what happened was, what happened was, I, I, I look at this man and I tell him about the Apostle Paul and how the Apostle Paul was, you know, a murderer. I told him about Moses and how Moses had committed murder. I told him about David and how David had committed murder. But God used these men to do mighty works. And God is a forgiving God. See, God doesn't hold on to our sins like we do. You know, God is a God who wants to free you and liberate you. So... I'll tell you what God did. God says to me, you know, uh, you know, go to and talk to these men. So I go and I talk to them. So now the guy that was beaten, badly beaten, and this man I end up bringing to Christ. So the first two people I end up bringing to Christ was a murderer and a child molester. But I got to tell you something. The devil was right there in the form of a man using and, and, and coming to me and telling me you see these men right here and listen to what he tried to put into me but the word says greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world so here it is because i was so engrossed into the word i didn't think in my flesh because if i would have thought in my flesh i would have never ever had brought those men to christ as a matter of fact i probably would have looked at them stared them down and just you know try to get them away but god has a different plan but those were the first two people I brought to Christ. And here it is that God has allowed me to, to, to go back to the jail that I used to work at. The jail that I used to work at to preach the word. To the very same inmates that I used to beat. And can I tell you something? When God comes to do something, he comes to do something new. Look at each other and say, he comes to do something new. Amen. Amen. I want you to know something, church. You know something? God is no respecter of persons. See, you may look at people and say, man, you know what? This is an incredible testimony. This is... But understand something. The Bible says that we overcome the world by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. So understand something, that not one testimony is more powerful to one than another. That your testimony is there because you know what? God took your mess and turned it into a message.
Isn't that what he does? He takes your mess and he turns it into a message. You know, when, when, when I came to Christ, I, I went through some things. It wasn't the easiest thing I had to go through. People thought I went crazy. I had an officer come up to me and he said to me, are you serious? You used to beat these men. Now you're coming to preach to them? And he got, he got pretty close to my face. Well, guess what? In the flesh, you wouldn't get that close. I wouldn't give you that opportunity. But he got this close to my face and he said, are you serious? And I said to him, do you have a problem with it? And he goes, yeah, man, I got a problem with it. But thank God for the Holy Spirit. Because I said, well, if you have a problem with it, take it up with God. He did this to me. Let me know how that goes for you. And I walked away from him. See, the thing is, the thing is, if, if I would have been in my flesh and I would have reacted to that, you know what would have happened? I would have never been able to preach in that jail. See, because that's the power. They have power there. They're the authority, and everything has to submit to authority. Right? Like when you come to church, you submit to your pastor. Right? And, and we all have to submit to authority. You know, sometimes the authority we don't like. The authority may be, you know, in, in a position of, of, of being cruel. You know, and the authority may not use his authority the right way. But understand this. Everyone put in a position of power and put in a position of authority is put there by God. Pharaoh was put there by God. God raised his mighty right hand and used Pharaoh to free the Israelites. See, here's the thing. Too many times we're like those Israelites. Do you realize that it took, it took actually from, from leaving, where was it, Egypt to the promised land was an 11-day trip. It was an 11-day trip that took them 40 years. Now, check this out. I want to take the 11-day trip. I don't know about you, but I don't want to go around wondering 40 years. As a matter of fact, I'm worse than an Israelite because it took me 42 years to come to Christ. That's even worse than them. Because that's when I came to Christ. I know what y'all thinking. My God, he looks so young. How can he say he was 42? I told you God came to do something new. <laughs> you know, when God, when, when God moves in our lives, he comes to move powerfully. I have to tell you that I've, I, I've had the honor and the privilege of leading thousands of people to Christ. Thousands. You know, and, and, and everywhere I go, I claim it for God. You know, when I walk somewhere, I, I go with the power and might of the Holy Spirit and I claim it for God. This jewelry store that I was talking to about, about a month ago, this lady walks into the store and she looked gray. You ever see when somebody's sick, they look they look gray. It almost looks like, like death. So this lady comes in, walks in, and she's checking out these earrings. And, and I tell her, yeah, they're about $30,000. And she goes, what did you say? I said, yeah, they're about $30,000. And uh, she goes, wow, that's expensive. And then she went and sat down. But she was there with another friend of hers. And it's funny when the, the Holy Spirit prompts you to do something and you do it. So um, I, I, I look at her and I said, do you like diamonds? And she goes, yeah. I said, well, I just got a cross made for me. My wife bought me a beautiful cross for my 48th birthday, right? And, um, and, and, and I'll show you guys. Let me show you. 
Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? My wife, my wife buys this, brought it for me. And um, I said, let me show you something beautiful. And I went to show her the cross. And she goes, oh, wow, that's beautiful. I said, no, you want to know what's more beautiful? What it symbolizes. Amen. See, people don't understand that, 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 that the cross symbolizes something that, 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 that is power, resurrection power. See, that when he died on that cross and he went to hell for those three days, it was to conquer the power of sin. It was to conquer the power of death to give us eternal life. That was his promise. So what he did was, this is exactly what he did. He gave us the same power that rose Jesus from the dead is the same power that's in us. But the thing is, we're walking around like we Christians. Can I tell you something? We're walking around like we Christians, and we shouldn't be. You want to know something? This isn't about religion. This is all about relationship. It's a relationship between you and your, and your God, which is Jesus. Well, anyway, here it is. This woman's there, and I asked, I said, I said, you'll never believe what I do. She looks at me. She goes, you look like a cop. I said, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I said, you could try again. She goes, um, you look like a physical, one of those physical instructors. I said, no, I don't do that either. She goes, well, what do you do? I said, I'm a pastor. I'm a preacher. She goes, oh, would you pray for me? Can I tell you something? I laid hands on this woman. And color started coming back into her face. All of a sudden, she got up. And this is at, at the, the ring display. She got up. And the first thing she says is, I'm healed. Listen to what this woman says. She says, I'm healed. She walks over to my friend, Myron, and she looks at him. And she says, I haven't smiled in years. And this woman smiling. Healed. Healed. That's the God that I serve. This is the God that I serve. You know, I'm, I'm, and Myron, can you do me a favor? Can you just raise your hand? This is, this is Myron, by the way. He's the one that owns the jewelry store. And, and, and he's the one that came with me the day that I got saved. And he saw this and he witnessed it. And I'm just so thankful to God. But I got to tell you something. Here I am. I, I'm, I'm, I'm in the jail. And um, I have a nice congregation inside the jail. I have a lot of people coming to, to, to listen to me preach. Uh, all the inmates know who I am. They know who I used to be, but they know who I am now. You know, and uh, when I was in there, I, I, I met a young man. And this young man, he came in. He came in with his rosary beads. And I'll never forget it. He comes in and, and the Lord starts speaking to me. And he says, this young man has a calling on his life. And um, I, I start talking to this young man, and I tell him, listen, I don't know if you know, but you have a calling on your life. God has called you to do something great, and this ain't it. I said, but this is part of the process, because this is like, a, this is like a, a, a learning place for you now. This is now not, has now become jail, and now it becomes school. Because God will use those things to, to bring you, again, sometimes you got to go through to get to. You know, so this young man is, in, is in, you know, he's incarcerated and um, I start talking to him. I start praying with him.
realized that he was Catholic, you know, and I said, listen, that's okay. I'm not looking to change your denomination. What I'm looking for you to do is to be born again. I said, because the Bible says in John 3, verse 3, the Bible says, no man, Jesus says, no man can enter the kingdom of heaven unless he is born again. Has nothing to do with religion, has nothing to do with denomination, and that's the first thing I tell people. I don't care what denomination you are. What I care about is you being born again. You having that spiritual birth, hence the word being born again. Our first birth is a birth of flesh. The second birth is a birth of receiving the Holy Spirit. And that's what I explain to people. I don't care, again, I don't care what denomination they are. God, I don't, I don't think God is going to say all the Catholics to the right, you know, all the Pentecostals to the left. And I, I, I don't think it's going to go down that way. When he comes, he's coming for you. He's coming for his bride, his church. Amen. You know, and, and, and I just want to tell you, here, here is this young man. And I'm speaking into his life, speaking into his life, speaking into his life. Well, can I tell you something? God is a God of miracles. Right? God is a God of redemption. God is a God of second, third chances, even fourth if you need it. However times you need, he's there. You know, I remember in, in reading in the gospel, Peter says, well, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother? Seven times? And he looked at him and he says, no, seven times, 70 times. Well, that's 490 times. 490 times in one day. Do you realize that somebody has to sin against you on an average of once every three minutes and you have to forgive them for that sin over and over and over and over? But you want to know something? Isn't that the way that God forgives us? Amen. And you want to know something? Here's the main thing, though. People don't understand that the devil is real. They don't understand that the devil is real. And I'll explain to you how real he is. You want to know why? Because the Bible says that that he comes to rob, kill, and destroy, but that God comes to give us life and life more abundant. Well, that life more abundant is receiving the freedom of what he's given us, which is his son. Amen. That freedom. See, because the Bible says, whoever the son shall free is free indeed. The Bible also says in Jeremiah that he came to set who? The captives free. Well, guess what? How many of you are captive to sin? How many of you are captive to unforgiveness? How many of you are captive to something other than God? You know, sometimes we, we, we do what's called idolatry, not realizing what we're idolizing. Anybody ever buy a brand new car? Anyone ever buy a brand new car? That nice fresh smell, huh? Then, then when it gets dirty, what do you do? You go and polish it, right? Idolatry. You pay more attention to that car than you do to God. Now, I'm not trying to come here to, 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 to bring you a, a, a message of condemnation. What I'm trying to do is explain to you how easily we can get caught up in something other than God. You know, I, I go into the jail at, at, at 10 o'clock in the morning. They're watching Jerry Springer. After that, they're watching something else. And, and the funny thing is that you want to know something? I haven't been in that jail working in, 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 in several years, but they're still doing the same thing. You know what doing the same thing over and over and over and expecting a different result is? It's called insanity. That's what it's called. And that's what God comes to set us free from, from that insane, stinking thinking. That's what it's called. It's called stinking thinking because 
I'm, I'm pretty sure every one of us was self-righteous at one time, right, before we came to Christ? Is that, is, oh, am I the only one? Is the preacher the only one? Because, you know, here it is. We think we know it all, right? Until God comes and he humbles you. But then again, he comes to do something new. Isn't that what he comes to do, something new? Anyway, back to the story about this kid that, 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 that God is speaking into. Here it is. He changes his life. All of a sudden, he's, he's, he's realizing that he does need to be born again. He comes to Christ. All of a sudden, things start changing. Atmosphere starts shifting in his life. God is a God of redemption. God is a God of restoration. And I invite him to come to my church when he gets out. He gets out. He gets a job. He starts walking into his calling. But he got sidetracked. He got sidetracked. But I got to tell you something. When God starts something, he's going to see it come to completion. You know, I call it sidetracked because you know what? Sometimes we'll veer, but the Holy Spirit will always veer us back. That very young man that I'm talking about is here right now. Stand up. Have a seat. This is what God comes to do. He comes to do something new. I'm coming here to encourage you, to let you know that, you know what? When you know the word of God, you come with power. You come with authority. He says, I give you power and authority to, to trample the, the cobra and the serpents of this world. You want to know something? He says, I've never given you a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love, and sound mind. He says that you are more than a conqueror. He says you can do all things through him who strengthens you. That's who you are, church. As a matter of fact, it's not a physical building. You're the church. See, sometimes people say, I haven't seen God. Do you want to see God? Anybody want to see God? Yes or no? Anybody want to see God? Look to the person to your left. Look at the person to your right. He said he created you in his image and in his likeness. You want to see God? Look in the mirror. Understand who you are. But most important, understand whose you are. How long do I have? Two hours? Thank you. I just want to make sure. No, listen, I know that Rob said to me, you know what? We, we go about 30 minutes, 40 minutes. But I got to tell you something. I'm just so humbled and so glad to come to a church that, 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 that looks like they're on fire for God. I got to tell you, church, that God is going to do something above and beyond. But here's the most important thing. One thing I want you to take with you before you leave in this place is that you're going to leave different here than what you came in here. That you're going to leave different here than what you came in here. That God's word will not return void to him. That he who started a good work in you will see it come to, come to completion. Amen? Amen? I want to ask one thing. If you're not born again, and Jesus says in John 3 verse 3, that no person can even see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. 
And I'm not asking you to change your religion. I'm not asking you to change your denomination. What I'm asking you to do is receive the gift that God has for you. If you haven't done that and you want to do that today, will you please raise your hand? I'm not going to make you come up. I just want to pray for you. Anybody else? Anyone? Praise God. Hallelujah. I see that hand, brother. I'll pray with you before you leave. Two, praise God. Hallelujah. 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 Can we stand up and close in prayer? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father God, I thank you, Lord. I thank you for the souls, Lord, that are coming to you today, Lord. Father, I thank you that your word will not return void to you, Lord. Father, I thank you for the people that are here, Lord, and I plead the blood of Jesus upon them. Father God, from the crown of their heads to the soles of their feet, that no weapon infirmity formed against them will ever prosper. Father God, I ask that you continue to make every crooked place straight. Father, place a lamp unto their feet and a light unto their path, Lord. Father, continue to strengthen them, guide them, and lead them by the Spirit, by the Spirit that rose your Son from the dead, Lord. Holy Spirit, we ask that you just continue to speak to us, to lead us and guide us. Continue to use us, Lord. For, Father, we are the answer. Father, we can answer. We are the answer to people's prayers. We are the answer to those who are hurting, Lord. We are the answer. So, Father, we thank you for the gifting of your Holy Spirit, the power of your might. And, Father, we lift this prayer up in the name above all names, the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Was it good to be in the house of the Lord today? Amen. Come on. Was it or wasn't it? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Look, if anybody has a need for prayer or anything, or just wants to talk, the altar is open. We're still going to be here for a while. Um, you don't have to run. But if you want to just have some coffee or have a time of uh, fellowship, please, over in the back. We have the Welcome Center open for anybody who wants to get information about the church or share some, uh, some of their, uh, their information about where you live and how we can contact you. Please, over there to the left at the Welcome Center. For those of you who have to go, God bless. For those of you who can stay and help us break down, we appreciate it. God bless you in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Where?
Please. 